0: But the Lord answered her, "Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion which will not be taken away from her." the uh, word of the Lord. Let's pray and ask God's blessing on his word and our time together. Uh, Lord our God, I confess uh, my own lack of faith even as I approach this passage. And Lord, we come to you from various different places of, of belief and of trust in ourselves or other things. Lord, we come uh, with guilt, we come with confusion, uh, we come with pain, um, or we come with struggles, but we ask that you would meet with us. For you are God who meets with us where we are at. And we pray that you would show us uh, your mercy. Uh, not anything that we earn, but how you show us love. Lord, we pray for the power of your spirit to be at work out through your word as your promise, uh, that, you would, that you would show us yourself in your glory, that you would show us Christ in the gospel, that you would encourage us, build us up, use us in your kingdom, transform our lives, use us to transform uh, Florida State and transform this community. Um, Lord, we ask uh, for your help tonight. We ask for your love to be shown to us because you are a good God in whom we can trust. We pray in Jesus' name, and amen. So Jesus with people, where Jesus uh, with the distracted do-gooder, as we talk uh, uh, here in the passage, you see, uh, it says, Martha was distracted uh, with much serving. I think we're all very familiar with distractions, uh, right, constantly in our life, like we know how to find distractions when we want to. Uh, If we don't want to, distractions find us anyway, right, whatever... um, I mean, sometimes whether you like it or whether you don't, there's distractions that are there. No matter what's going on in your life, uh, how good things are, or how much pain you're going through or difficulty, there's there's enough entertainment out there. There's something that, at least for a little bit of time, some show, some song, uh, some great action clip in a movie, or some moving emotional scene for you ladies, and some movie that's going to that's going to take you out, take you out of reality for at least a little while, and focus you on something else. I enjoy that a lot of times. There's a YouTube clip, maybe. Uh, it, we can, it can distract you from anything. But there's other times when distraction is difficult. We'd rather, we'd rather not be uh, so distracted. You're trying to focus, right? You're in your class. A test coming up, you're listening to your professor, you're trying to take good notes while you're keeping up with Facebook and the news feed and stalking your friends. And then while you're trying to focus on all these things, like your cell phone keeps going off or you keep getting a text message and before you can reply to that text message in class, someone else opens up a Facebook chat window with you and like there's just all these different things going on and you're like, how do I, how do I deal with it? It's difficult to be able to communicate, difficult to uh, to focus, right? We're all very familiar with distraction. That's, that's our world. That's our, that's our life. So be encouraged because here in this passage, Jesus speaks to the distracted. Uh, Jesus speaks with compassion and with love to the, to the distracted, calling him to himself. Uh, he doesn't just leave us alone. Him have the attitude um, of, hey, listen, if you don't pay attention to me, I'm not going to pay attention to you. He calls us out. He gets our attention, calls us away from distraction. Jesus has come for those who are too busy. Uh, Jesus has come for those who, who are busy accomplishing great things. He's come for those who are addicted to YouTube clips and just always have to watch like the next thing or the other link on the side there. Jesus calls us uh, to focus on him, uh, to sit at his feet, and hear his compassion uh, in the story, in this conversation as he speaks. Uh, Martha Martha, you are anxious and troubled for many things, uh, but one thing is necessary. I'm just going to look at um, two parts for her sermon outline, if you will. Uh, many unnecessary things, uh, and secondly, one necessary thing. Uh, this narrative is a story, about, it's a story about two sisters, Martha and Mary, but what it shows us is two ways of relating to Jesus. Maybe the first is willing to do anything for Jesus, uh, but the second is willing even to do nothing uh, for Jesus, because Jesus has done all. Many unnecessary things. The passage says Martha was distracted, much serving, serving, she was anxious, troubled about many things. And so we're told as we read this passage, through the conversation, we get Jesus' perspective on it. Because we hear him talking to Martha. Um, but I know at least for myself, when I kind of picture that scenario, if I imagine myself as just kind of part of the group maybe that was with Jesus, and I've been invited into Martha's house as well, like I think I would have had a very different perspective on it. I would have expected something else to be, to be going on here. We get it because of what Jesus says, but if I was in the house, I mean... Listen, when you look at Martha in this passage, Martha is amazing. Like, she is, she's awesome. She's, she's getting it done. Most of, us, um, most of us wish that there were more Marthas in our life, right? More Marthas around us because Marthas get things done. Marthas get things done well. They're, they're serving you, right? They get, things, they get everything done and accomplish it um, impeccably. Listen, look at the passage. Martha is the one welcoming... Jesus comes into this village. Who is it that goes out to him? Who is it that cares for him? She's the one who invites him, welcomes him into her house. Uh, she, is, she is honored to be able to be the host for Jesus. And I mean, most of the time, Jesus isn't, isn't like in places alone. It doesn't say a lot in this passage, but you're kind of assuming that, that the group of Jesus' disciples are there uh, with him. She's taking in, most likely, a group of people into her house and saying... Hang out here. I would love for you to be here. I want to give up my time. I want to spend my money to make food, to prepare it for all of you. I'll be here. I mean, is the, the kind of person you wish was around more. You wish you got to interact with. Um, and her attitude in doing it all, you know, I don't see anything to find fault with. I mean, she's volunteering. How many people, if, if we ask how many people would volunteer for the dating game, that's why we don't, because no one would volunteer. Anything you volunteer, you put a sign-up sheet. No one ever signs up on the sign-up she, except for Martha. Martha signs up. Like, she's committed. She's doing it. She, she's volunteering. She's doing it gladly. Uh, she's doing it willingly. Listen, she's doing it sacrificially. Um, she's pouring herself out uh, for this, and she's not complaining about it. Uh, all we hear her say is, you know, Lord, can, can I get a little more help? Would you ask my sister to come help in some of these tasks with me? not necessarily get even any attitude of complaining. Listen, we we wish that we were impressive as Martha. Like, I wish I could get stuff done uh, the way the way that she does. She's, she's amazing. Now, some of us who read a passage and maybe maybe you relate to Martha, but some of us who read a passage and, and you feel like you kind of relate more to Mary. Like, yeah, like, I know there's impressive people who get a lot of stuff done and, and I like sitting around and benefiting from their cooking or their, you know, hospitality or uh, or whatever. We feel maybe you know, I relate more to Jesus is speaking to someone else in this um, in this passage. Hanging around, talking, sitting with Jesus just kind of feels more like you. Um, except this, okay? Most of us, um, if we were we were in that room just sitting talking with Jesus, and our sister was in the other and preparing everything, and then she came out and said. Lord, would you get uh, my sister or get, get this person to come help me? How would you feel when that question is asked? Like, why isn't this person helping? Right? We feel guilty. The whole time we've been sitting there going, ah, I'm really enjoying sitting here, but I know she's in there doing all that stuff. I probably ought to be helping her, like ought to be in there. So whether, whether you're, uh, yeah, maybe it's just that we're late for me. Maybe it's just me, like I'm lazy, so I feel like I want to relate to Mary. Um, but I'll put it this way, Martha may be the overachiever, um, but even if I'm the, the underachiever, I have the same perspective. I may not be, I may not be doing it. I may not be making the, the stuff that I feel like I ought to be, and I feel guilty uh, because I'm not. I think I should be accomplishing more, even if I'm not. Uh, Martha's Martha's getting it done, but. But you know, the the passage wouldn't be nearly compelling if Martha was different. It wouldn't be nearly as compelling if Martha was a gamer. You know, if she was if it's kind of sad modern day and she's like uh Lord, I want to be in there and hear you uh, talk, uh, but, but just wait till I finish the next level in this game. I think I'm going for a high score here, right? Like, um, I've got my controller out. I'm playing Halo or, um, what is it, World of Warcraft or, uh Steven even called? Super Mario Kart, you know, or, or whatever the different game, right? Like, like, Lord, I want to be in there, but i just, I just got to get to this next game or, well, you know what, Jesus, I would like to hear your talking, but could you send my sister? Because it's going to be really hard for me to make it through this level without her help. Could she come in here and take the other controller and we can kind of defeat the enemy battleship together or whatever it is? Um, probably kinda if we read that perspective, we we'd be like, Jesus, get her. Get her. She's off. Like, just, just tell her off. I mean, maybe we'd relate to it quicker, but, um, but still. Um, <clears throat> that's not the situation. Martha's, what's Martha distracted by? She's distracted, the pastor says, with much serving. She's distracted with good things. She's distracting doing stuff that all of us would say is impressive. Uh, but if we were there in Jesus' place, we'd be like, thank you, Martha, for doing so much. Mary, could you go help anyone else? Can you can you get in there? Maybe that would be appropriate if we were the ones who were there. To say. Martha's distracted doing good things. So, I mean, we could, we could sit here and I could tell you, you uh, know, all right, think about how you spend your time and, and go through all the unnecessary things that, that occupy your time, that fill up your day, and the way that we, we waste our time, and that we should feel guilty for how we've wasted our time. And, and maybe that's true, but, but this passage is different. This passage is taking a very different approach. It's saying, sit and look at your day and look at all the good things that you have accomplished. Uh, look, at, look at those great ways that you've spent your time being productive. Uh, Getting things done, making sure that the the amount of energy, the sacrifice that you put into it, uh, caring for other people, how much other people admire and appreciate uh, the things that you've done, your hard work and helping them. Look Look at all those things, look at all those good things and see how they lead you away from Jesus. How they distract you from Jesus, how they lead you away from Jesus, and make you make you blinded. I think you're right now. You're looking like, wait, that's not right. That's what's going on with Martha. Do you see that? She's doing good things. She's doing obedient things. She's doing she's doing the the, the right things that you're supposed to do. She's like extra righteous. And Jesus says you're missing out. Um, Martha's amazing, but she's she's missing out on the good, on the good portion, She's missing out on Jesus. And Jesus didn't want her to. And Jesus doesn't want you to miss out on him and what he offers for you. I mean, really, who would want to miss out on an opportunity to sit and, and talk with Jesus or hear him speak, ask him questions? Um, I mean, even you know, non-Christian atheist professors on campus would jump at the they were there to be able to sit and hear Jesus talk and ask him questions of things. Um, but that's what, that's what we miss out on. Uh, that's what I miss out on. All the time, listen, this is, this is me every day in ministry. I get, it's been a hard week. I've had to read this passage and I'm like, ouch. Like every day I'm like, ouch. This is me in ministry. I'm, trying, I'm getting excited about good things that God's doing. I'm having conversations with y'all. I'm um, seeing what God's doing in His kingdom and through RUF. Um, and I'm constantly distracted by good things of trying to be focused on the kingdom um, and, and not sitting at Jesus' feet. And not looking to Jesus, and I try to spend time praying, and you know, I think I'm praying, and then I'm like planning out all the stuff I have to do. I'm like, wait, I'm not talking to God anymore. Um, this is me every day. This is this is us. Um, we miss out on Jesus. It's hard to stop. It's hard to sit and listen, sit at his feet. It feels feels lazy, honestly. Right? Try it i like, am I being lazy right now? I should, I should be doing something. What should I be doing? It feels lazy. It feels unproductive. I feel like I'm neglecting people who need me. I take that time and sit at Jesus' feet. I think many people see Christianity as existing for the very purpose of creating a lot of do-gooders. Why wow, that's what Christianity is good for. Let's impart good moral values to people, uh, make good citizens out of people. The moral, moral conformists, the religious zealot, maybe that's a bad thing. But at least the at least the uh, upstanding citizen, people who know what's right and do it, and are concerned to you and have a conscience and care for other people. Um, listen, maybe that's been maybe that's been your, your experience with Christianity. If that's been your experience in churches that you've been through, or ministries that you've been part of, or uh, just Christians that you've been with, or Christian schools, or whatever, um, <clears throat> that um, and that it's about telling you what's right and what's wrong, and how to avoid bad things, and what it means to serve, and what it means to to sacrifice and give of yourself to others. Um, and, and while those are some good things, if that's your experience, I'm sorry, uh, that's not the gospel. That's not what Jesus is saying to Martha. He doesn't say, thanks, this is, this is great. He says, the good portion is sitting at my feet. Uh, many things that are unnecessary, you're worried over them. Um, maybe, maybe Christianity as, as being a do-gooder is a description of your life uh, right now. When you, when you look at yourself, you're trying to be the good Christian. Uh, the exemplary Christian. Even in college, you're going to stay committed to the faith, right? All the challenges uh, that are around in a secular university, you're going to go to church, you're going to go to RUF, you're going to be involved in Bible studies, um, you're going to be reaching out to people, inviting people to those things, witnessing, uh, reading your Bible, praying, everything that you're supposed to do right. You're going to be that person, you're going to do it. Uh, you're, and you're the do-gooder. I mean, that's great. Um, that's not the gospel. That's not the gospel. It's not the gospel. The distraction, if that's your perspective on it, I'm going to be good at all these things, it's distracting you from Jesus. If that's your perspective on all these things, you won't be able to see who Jesus is and why you might need Him because you're so busy trying to make sure you're doing everything right. Jesus says, uh, Martha, Martha, He says He would call you out by name. Um, many things that you can be anxious and troubled about, one thing is necessary. I come and sit at my feet. Or maybe you're not a Christian at all. And you see, you're still, your life, people can look at it and say, there's impressive achievement there. You've, you've realize Christianity really isn't the only way to like moral, do moral good things. Maybe it's not even the best way. And you're part of some other religion or giving those things up. But still, you're involved in helping others and serving the poor and leading organizations or maybe just being a good friend and caring for people. And you say, listen, I've, I've got a good life. I don't need Christianity in that sense. It's great. I'm glad you're a good friend. That's not the gospel. Jesus is calling you not to, not to be a do-gooder. He's calling you to know him. He's calling you to look to him and trust in him. And so long as we're focused on the many things, we're anxious, we're troubled. So long as we're focused on the many things uh, that we can do, we miss out. Honestly, we miss out on the gospel. Christianity is not about what we can do for Jesus. Martha's doing an amazing load of things for Jesus. It's not about what we can do for Jesus. It's about what Jesus has done uh, for us. You you relate to Mary, you relate to Martha. um, It's easy to diagnose yourself kind of from the passage, right? You know, Martha, you're, you're anxious, you're troubled, you're distracted. You can diagnose yourself are you what's your life like? Are you anxious? Are you anxious about various different things in your life are you are you troubled? find yourself distracted even different good things that you're doing? Are you always wondering, is this enough? Have I done right? Have I done enough? Um, <clears throat> will, will people accept this? Would God accept this? There are many. Unnecessary things. And Jesus calls you out of those distractions. He calls you compassionately by name. But those things lead only to more anxiety and more trouble. They're never enough. And Jesus calls you to come to him, uh, that he's necessary, that he is enough for you. There's many unnecessary things to distract us. Um, but secondly, Jesus says there's, there's one thing that is necessary. The good portion that we see in Martha, there's, there's one necessary thing. Now, you know, when I think about it, it, it it's difficult for us, for us to understand, like, one necessary thing. Not uh, many things, like one. I, th- yeah, I think I, I hear one necessary thing, and I think, all right, like, like one main thing. You know, like, what, like you know, if you're driving, you can't be playing basketball at the same time, right? There's, there's just one thing, you're, you're driving. But I mean, while you're driving, you can still be listening to the radio, playing some CDs, talking, texting your friends. You know, I mean, it's not like just like one, it's like one main thing. There's all kinds of other things we go on about. Um, just saying there's, there's one thing that's necessary, not just one main thing. And when you think about that, just see, this is a beautiful uh, picture for us. Just just imagine, right, beginning of classes, uh, your professor's going over the syllabi, (coughs) looking through when the class meets, what his office hours are. He's got the the schedule of all the lectures and the topics he'll be talking about, the readings uh, that go along with that. You're kind of noting in your planner when the quizzes are. Uh, Quizzes every week, you know, three exams, a paper that's due at the end, you're like, oh, it's going to be exhausting. He goes through all that, and then the last page is the, the grading. And he's like, listen, we'll have all these quizzes and exams, but only one thing is necessary in this class. I want you to read this one 10-page article. You do that, you pass the class, you get an A, whatever, right? You're like, whoa, like really? So tell me to class, free time, actually? You're like strapping back through your schedule, uh, right? One thing is necessary. There's, there's a beauty to that. Or, or imagine if you only had one class per semester, right? Right te- teacher stays in effect and you can still have one class, you know? Um, much easier, much easier to focus. Um, or uh, uh, for y'all, but for me at least, uh, how, how much easier would it be if there was just one way of communication? Maybe not better, maybe not better, but if there was just one way of communication that you could keep track of everything through so you didn't have to wonder like, had someone communicated to you you through email or like which of your three or four different email accounts that thing went to or if it hadn't sent you the email maybe it was a the text message, or they were IMing you, or, or they sent it through Facebook, but then if it's Facebook, it can be the Facebook message, or they posted something on your wall, or they opened up a Facebook chat with you, or they called your cell phone, or they called you, your landline, or they, they're trying to Skype you, or, or uh, Google Mail video stuff with you, or, or they just sit the, it in the post office, right? Like they put a stamp on it, it's there. And you're like, I don't know which way this stuff is coming to me. Um, it right, may, may not be better if there was just one way uh, to communicate, but it would be much easier to focus, I mean, much easier to keep track of, much easier to pay attention to the people that you're with and know what's going on with them. Um, it, it's a beautiful uh, picture of the gospel. Um, it, it's more than just a beautiful picture because it's one thing, it's a picture of the grace of the gospel. More background music, yeah. Yeah. Um, um, it, it's not even saying when Jesus is saying there's one thing that's necessary, it's not even saying there's one thing that you need to focus on and make sure you achieve here. And make sure you do well, right? Like like the professor is like, you know what? There's only going to be one grade. Instead of having four tests that are 25% of your grade, we've got one final count for everything. You're like you're like stressed the whole semester long, right? This is the way some of you live before God. You're stressed the whole, your whole life long, wondering how God's going to judge on these things. Um, it's not one thing that you need to do and make sure you achieve uh, for God or achieve for Jesus. It's realizing that Jesus has done everything for you, leaving nothing undone. Nothing more that's required. Uh, Nothing more that God is looking for or waiting for you to do. Right, Romans 8, 1 says, there is now, therefore, no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. There's no uh, judgment left. Right, God created people to to do good. That's what he he got Adam and Eve to do. But he warned them that disobedience would lead uh, to death and condemnation and rejection. And... And they messed up. We continue to mess up. They failed, and so we die. We're condemned, we're rejected, um, judged. That's our that's our that's our place. Um, so we hate God. And, but the good news is not that. But if you're good enough, uh, if you're good enough, God will accept that and accept you. Uh, the gospel is that God came to do enough. And that he has done it all in Christ uh, for you so that Jesus has experienced that judgment and rejection and condemnation on the cross for our mistakes, uh, for my failures, for my screw-ups, for our uh, problems and our sins and our hatred of God, for all our impressive deeds. We try to say, look, God, I'm doing this for you. Here I am going to RUF. Here I am praying this morning. God, accept me. I'm trying to do good things for you. Jesus died for those things and was condemned for our pretended righteousness but died to be able to fix our relationship with God, uh, to restore us uh, to life, to restore us to the fullness of God's love uh, and God pouring out his affection on us, pouring his life into us through the Spirit, giving us peace and joy instead of anxiety and trouble. It's about what Jesus has done for us, what he can do in us that matters. There's one necessary thing. It's looking to Jesus instead of ourselves. We don't need to do anything uh, to be impressive to God. Uh, but trusting that Jesus does it for us and works that in us. Now for you, uh, just like for me, it probably feels, that probably feels lazy. That feels, that feels, uh, that feels negligent. I think you may be sitting in this room like, who is this messed up preacher He's telling us we don't have to be good Christians? Um, <clears throat> so it's the grace of the gospel that Jesus is saying there's one thing necessary. We can't do enough, but he has done it for us. And it's only his power that works any good in us. It's a beautiful thing to sit at Jesus' feet. The gospel of grace shows us that God has done everything for us. Well, honestly, that's very, very hard for us. That's very difficult uh, to accept or to relate to. We don't know how to, to not do anything. Just like you don't know how to have this one way of communication, and I don't know if you're going to say, I want to meet with you, and I'm gonna, you're going to send me a Facebook message or call myself. Just like we don't know how to just have like one focus. And that, we don't understand this like, not doing anything, or we're just having one thing that we're focused on. Um, listen, my uh, my grandmother uh, um, is amazing, um, and she's an amazing servant. And, and we'd go to her house and we'd have meals, and she would always cook, and she would always cook a lot. Um, but she had she. Had, I never saw her sit for more than like 30 seconds straight, right? She's was, she was always back up. Like as soon as she took like a sip of your tea, she's like, oh, you need some more? Let me go get a sweet tea for you. And you have like halfway through some of the green beans. And she's like, here, have some more. And she's like constantly passing things around. and just, she, she didn't know how to sit still. It was, it was a beautiful picture in some ways of her service and her love. Of it, but she didn't know how to not be doing all those things. Um, we don't know how to not. work. We're clinging to our achievements. We're clinging to the things that, that we've done that maybe uh, God thinks are, are good as well. They, they feel necessary to us. The gospel feels about as necessary as being told to sit and do nothing. I sitting here for a second and you're like, right, this can't be what was actually meant. I've got I to get to something. right? There's got to be something here that's impressive that I'll offer. Um, it's essential. <clears throat> Will we trust Jesus to do enough? or will we be trusting ourselves and what we can offer? Um, you know, the narrative comes between the passage on the Good Samaritan uh, <laughs> that, that loves uh, his neighbor and it comes between the, that and the Lord's Prayer. It um, kind of helps you, you know, if you're reading through, you go along and you're like reading the Good Samaritan, you're like, wow. And in and our self-righteousness, we want to read that and be like, okay, I don't exactly love that way, but that's how I'm about to do, right? Now I'm going to stand in love, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go make sure that I do that. <laughs> Um, And it's calling to us and saying, all right, it's not that we love perfectly, it's that we need to be loved. And Christ has gone out of his way and and taken up the cost uh, for us to love us. And then it comes, to this before prayer. So that our attitude as we go into prayer isn't one of, here's something that I'm offering to God. Here's me starting the day off right, so that God will be with me through the day, honor my actions, help me do good on this quiz later because I prayed um, and this is something that, that God likes. <coughs> um, it's hard for us to pray. So before I'm, I pray for y'all. I pray for the campus but I sit there to pray and I'm I'm, I'm, planning, out, I'm planning out what I need to talk to you about or, or what you might be saying to me or what's going to happen in ministry things but I'm not. It's hard to sit at God's feet. Um, <coughs> prayer and prayer's prayer is not about those things of what, what we uh, can do or should be doing. It's about sitting at Jesus' feet. It's about basking in the grace of the gospel and utter dependence upon God and still knowing his love for us in Christ. You know, I think people have plenty of objections to Christianity and a lot of them... Uh, a lot of them... <coughs> come from not understanding this view of Christianity. I've seen Christianity as much more about uh, do-gooders than about this one necessary thing of looking to Jesus. Um, I've talked to, to student after student, um, Christian or not, and say, listen, I know a lot of good people who aren't Christians. Uh, how, could, how could the Bible say anything that?" that that they don't deserve heaven when some other people will get to go to heaven. Because I know a lot of Christians that are in the, I know a lot of Mormons and atheists and agnostics that are their, their life is, is far uh, better uh, than a lot of Christians I know. And i am seen people shaken up about that. Just said, there's one thing that's necessary. It's not Martha being the do-gooder. It's Christ having done it for us. Will we look to Him? Uh, I've had folks come to me, uh, you know, just different, <laughs> different, different situations, and asking all kinds of different. You know, we can get distracted with all kind of different questions about scripture. Um, you know, how, how does the Bible fit with the dinosaurs? How does it fit with other uh, religions? Um, what about these apparent contradictions and the historical, you know, narratives? What do, we, what do we do with these things? And there's a place for all those questions. We should ask those questions. Um, the, the more, there's one question that's necessary. Who is Jesus? What has Jesus done? What is Jesus saying uh, to us? <clears throat> um, or, or even people who are Christians who their concern is having their having their theology straight or having their life exactly this way, and, and and maybe that's good. But there's there's one thing that's necessary for you: it's looking to Jesus, looking to what He's done for you. Um, so, challenge you to try something for this week, right? Maybe it might scare you a little bit. I'm not trying to scare you. It's like a one thing, not many. It might scare you a little bit. <laughs> um, like someday, at some point in time, just you're on Facebook on your computer. Go to the right hand side of the screen and log off. Uh, you can log off, and not just because like you're about to leave your computer and your roommates might come in and type some you know weird message that you're uh, uh, like people have fun with Sam, I won't comment on it. Um, uh, but because you're there, and you have time to continue to be on Facebook, and and you want to not be distracted by many things. Even though you could write like helpful, encouraging messages to people, or you know wish the thousand people whose birthday it is that day, happy birthday on their wall, um, like. Those are good things. Log off of Facebook. Close the program. Right. Shut down the computer. Um, take out your cell phone. Right. I just put it down. Right. Put it down. Like put it on silent. Turn the thing off. I'm not really sure, like, gonna be scared. Like turn the thing off. Even if it's just for like 10 minutes, this would be really good for you. Turn it off. <laughs> No radio playing. Or if, uh, if any of you are driving, I love to tell people to do this. So I always freak people out. If you're driving home or something by yourself or traveling somewhere, like just turn the radio off. No music playing. Uh, no sermon, right? Good thing you should listen to sermons one time. Make the most out of that But so, like, Leave the sermon aside. Um, you know, don't worry about the text messaging while you're driving things. Uh, and and just, just try doing nothing. Try looking to Jesus. Uh, thinking of what Jesus has done uh, for you. i uh, spent time doing nothing except looking to Jesus and praying. Uh, listen, we're distracted. All the time, we're distracted. I lost my train of thought like five times. today. I was sitting with Nathan uh, earlier. We were at Five Guys, burgers and fries. Let me tell you, see what's happening now. Um, they have great music playing at Five Guys. Uh, I know it might be like eight, Late 80s, early 90s music, but, but I'm there. Like I'll, I'll ask Nathan a question, and like he's about to answer, and I'm like, like singing along. Um, we're distracted. That's our life. Um, Jesus cares for the distracted. Uh, he cares for the distracted do-gooder, and he calls us out about um, many unnecessary things. Only one thing is necessary. There's more I'd like to say from the passage, but I've probably already added distractions uh, to a simple message of what Jesus is saying. Uh, there's no more reason for anxiety, even though there's a lot of important stuff going on. There's no, no more reason to be troubled. No, life is painful. Um, for worry, uh, for busyness, for insecurity, and all those things. Jesus is enough for you, Jesus is enough for you to do nothing. That's what we don't believe. Jesus is enough for you to do nothing uh, but sit at His feet. Um, so, I pray, God, would let uh, would enable us to let go of clinging to the distractions that we that we long for. Um, I don't know how to live without my email button going off and telling me there's a new message every once in a while. Um, <clears throat> let go, of clean of those distractions, to so look to Him, uh, to sit at His feet. This He says is the good portion, the good portion uh, that satisfies and that will never be taken away from us. Let's pray and ask God's blessing for uh, us. Lord, we like Martha are. Um, consumed and distracted with many, many things. Um, we struggle to pay attention tonight or other times we might be in church or reading the Bible or praying. Lord, you know that of us. Um, Lord, so please don't ignore us because we've ignored you. Uh, we thank you that you are a God who in our rebellion loved us,
1: who in our ignoring
0: you sent your son into the world. Um, and Lord, we pray that you would show us your grace, Uh, that you would open up to to us uh, the ability to to see Jesus, to see who he is and what he has done for us. And Lord, encourage us in the freedom of the gospel. We pray uh, we need it. Uh, Deliver us from our worry and anxiety. And Lord, work, uh, work the good of the gospel in us and help us not to trust in ourselves and what we do. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.